people think that when they organize something, it it springs fully formed from their head, like what, Athena from Zeus's head or something like That's that. That's one of those gods. Like, yeah, one like, of those gods oh. did some brain springing. Yeah, like young. no, that doesn't happen. There it is. We're off to the races. This is the thing now. Welcome to the Kindness Economy podcast, where we talk about doing business from the heart outward. That's us. Um, I am one of your hosts. My name is Rebecca. This week, I'm going to be talking about practice and how it's so important and embracing the suck of <laughs> where you're going to be when you start doing basically everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is Courtney. I'm the co-host. And what am I going to talk about? Talk I'm going to talk about talking. Uh, I'm going to talk about practice as well and talk about, um, I guess, credentials. Credentials? Yeah, in an abstract form. Okay. So how are you? Uh, how am I? Sore? Um, pretty good. I described, or when we were talking before we started recording, I described my self-care as very physical, um, mostly because... I'm using it to keep my brain from hamstering all over the place. Um, lots of, yeah. Like lots if, of wheels? Yeah, my brain's been just sort of cranking, doing its own thing, and I realized that. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna bike. I went for, what, 27, 28 mile bike ride. That was Saw really you. nice. It On was, Instagram? Yeah, yeah, my butt was nice and sore. I bet. Um, and then <laughs> it we takes got, a couple of weeks for that to to go away. Yeah. And then, but got in a hot tub with wine afterwards, which is a really good consolation prize for the butt soreness. Good idea. Again, hella physical. You know, physical doesn't necessarily mean like going all out and doing all the exercise. Sometimes sitting in hot water with a glass of wine is exactly what you need to keep your brain from hamstering. It can be rep re uh, replicated at home. With a bathtub. Totally. Yeah. Or tea. I, I also really love your necklace. My necklace. I'm going to mention it. Okay. It, <laughs> it reminds me in the most affectionate way I can imagine of those little pencils that you get <laughs> at the museums where it, it's like a pencil for like three inches and then the, the top to the eraser is clear plastic and it's filled with little gemstones that are polished. Yeah. But like made for an adult to wear around their neck. It's beautiful. I, I like it. it. It's lots of colors. I've so nice. Comforting myself with colors. Um, but yeah, I'm overall pretty good. Nice. Yeah. I think most of the action, I've been trying to stay chill in my me time. So most of the action has been over on the work side. Excellent. Yeah. It's been one day since I've fallen into existential dread. What? Wait, what? But um, in the like... I am calling it functionally depressed. Mm -hmm. Where like most of the time I seem fine. It's just that like two to three times a week I fall into deep holes of existential dread. Ah, uh, yes. And I'm just weeping uncontrollably and just like those. I don't even know how to function. I call them potholes. It's just, it's not fun. But I'm 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 heartened because I realize like all of my twenties was that state. <laughs> And like yeah. a really unreasonable part of my 30s was also that state. And I would say until approximately three years ago, 
I was in a like semi-constant existential dread place. Uh, so it's an improvement, I feel like. That sounds like an improvement. I am really, I feel like I'm, you know, trending upward and I, you know, depending on the situation, the existential dread can last for just a few minutes and sometimes it can last for 10 hours, but it's more or less trending in the ways that I want it to be. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, I wish I could get into the gym. That would be very helpful, but mm. I've been taking walks. Walks are good. The soaking, you need to get on that soaking game. And I yeah. got to get back into meditation too. I have not been. Yeah. Would probably be helpful. Yeah, to honestly, practice the tub is probably a good spot to practice some meditation. I mean, I do a tub once a week usually, and I haven't, I just haven't this week. Mm. So I should. Yeah. I think I will consider water. that. Water. Mm, the mm. water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's calling to you. <laughs> Tell me about work. About work? Uh, I gave another like public speaking thing. Oh, these are my favorite things. I can't believe you make me coax these out of you. Please continue. <laughs> I did I did a 10 minute talk lecture for a networking group and it was kind of awesome. I was really, really nervous. And I did what I used to do when I worked in the office. Um, I don't know if anyone who's listening has ever worked with me in an office setting but something that I am aware of in myself and that other people started to notice is the worse things were around me, either like my stress levels or workplace tension or any sort of conflict. Um, if my hackles were up in any kind of way, I would literally dress to kill. Like I, if I came in looking like impeccable and fabulous, I had one friend who was like, uh oh, like what, what's it's wrong? Scary. Yeah, like what's wrong? Please don't, please don't hurt me. Yeah. And I'll be good. I prepared for this talk by putting together a really, really, really nice outfit because I was terrified. So just know that when you see me really dressed up, that's, that's an, that's an option that fem types get that dudes don't necessarily like. That's not necessarily. Yeah. If you're a cis man, that is not coming over well. They're mm. like, uh, they, uh, that yeah. yeah, their fashion options are limited. It's unfortunate. Very much. Yeah. They don't get to play <sighs> in that kind of way or use it in our, or subvert it in those kind of ways. Cause yeah, that's totally a thing that charity would do is just like, just, be fucking fabulous. Like, be fabulous. Um, so yeah, I put together this really fabulous like op art outfit. It was like black and white polka dot with giant like chunky sandals and a giant chunky op art ring and like hot red lipstick. And I was like, I feel like hell, but I'm gonna nail this. The audience can't hear me nodding my head, but it's happening. This is real. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but no, like I gave the uh, 10 minute speech and it was, I mean, this whole game is me trying to get more at ease uh, presenting information because I like, I like sharing information, um, but I know that I need to make peace with, I don't want to say get over because there is something about that adrenaline that helps drive performance in some way, but 
make friends with the anxiety around mm -hmm. speaking in public and doing those sort of things. So all of this is one big game, an infinite game, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> an infinite game of the, practice. I know. But, uh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm feeling myself so hard for that right there. Yeah, it's are. cool. It's cool. I'm going to calm down. But it's true. And it, it is true. It, it, it is just this ongoing that's process. kind of why we're talking about it as practice today is because it's it, we're reaching a, a place where the practice of doing the podcast has shown us a bunch of things yes we've been doing it for more than a year yes and there are palpable in our daily life impacts Tangible results of doing from showing this thing. up and doing the work so like in presenting the talk uh Again, with the practice, shout out to Dixie de la Tour and Body Storytelling, because um, I I am the timekeeper for the live event. I am at every show. Mm -hmm. um, I have told I have told stories on that stage multiple times, um, and have been the recipient of coaching from Dixie, and I She's so great. default to presenting my information in the way that she taught me how to tell a story. So like thinking back on all the things that I've said, I haven't given like a lecture yet. Everything is a story, mm -hmm. always a story. And it, I always open with these weird openings that make the audience go, what? I was totally doing that at, <laughs> I did that on Instagram where I have the space to write. That's mm -hmm. where I'm practicing my longer form stuff is Ooh, yeah, getting into one. the, um, you know, telling the story of my child keeping me at school. Mm -hmm. I saw that. That was a good one. Right? And that's totally Dixie. Mm -hmm. that's, that's all that's Dixie. All Dixie. <laughs> so, like, I'm up there and I'm telling the, the story and I weave in areas of my expertise and talk about my background and how I've come to the point where I am currently in my practice and my practice being my business. <laughs> Um, and it, it brought up for a lot of people and for me, because actually going through these things and listing them and talking about them in context, which is what story does. It provides a context for a lot of this, um, made me start to comprehend like how deep my knowledge actually goes. And I'm not used to touting that. Um, and actually presenting it in story format made it easier for me to say, and this, and I also like, there's the story of this training, and then I picked up this, and this is how they all fit together. Well, what public speaking gives is that authoritative voice mm. that most folks associate, like most folks socialized as women, like, you're not taught that it's acceptable ever to have that authoritative voice. Like having that authoritative voice is audacious. Yes. And when you, you don't get the opportunity to practice it as a child when there's zero stakes, mm -hmm. it becomes like, it becomes really high risk to develop these skills and, 
And once you start doing it, like it feels really high risk. It feels like there's like some deep oh, shame yeah. and mortification that you're gonna like fuck yourself up publicly. Yes. But once you actually do that, like once you look back on your first couple of things and you realize the things that you're mortified by don't matter. No one notices that but you, for one thing. That's true. And the part when you get enough notoriety that you get haters and you understand that, that eco, that's a part of an ecosystem where the, the hater is only there because you're so you're big enough for the hater to see. And you're making enough of an impact that someone has to stop what they're doing and write down and tell you about their emotional reaction. Mm. And I don't care if that's good or bad. Yeah. That's an impact and that's important. And usually to me, with TikTok experience, that to me is the first indication that plays for whatever piece I just did is gonna go over 10,000 views. And that's, and it, that's, once you see that a few times, you're like, okay, now you start to embrace the hater. Before when you wanted to fight them, you're like, no, actually, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to write two sentences to me. That's amazing. <laughs> Have an awesome day, you know? Yeah, but it, it, it's all part of learning, at least for me, learning how to toot my own horn, learning how to put that information out there in the world. I'm like, no, wait, I do, I do have things to share that are con useful. I have things to contribute. But over time, with that practice of doing this podcast, of doing these conversations in yes. these other things, your resonance, your confidence, your body language, everything from your voice to your you know, being yeah. fabulous up there is a focus of that energy that when you're first up on stage, when you're first doing these things, it again uh, is mortifying. It absolutely is. But the only way out is through. And on the other uh, side, those feelings that were like mortifying and terrifying are the feelings that then become fuel for you. And that's why I said I, I don't want to get over it. Mm -hmm. This is part of it. Yeah, and I don't want to, I, what I think of it as is I want to be finding somewhere, anywhere where I'm uncomfortable. That feeling wears off. As you get more practice, more practice begets more comfort mm -hmm. and more confidence and you stop getting those feelings. Yeah, It becomes like second nature over, you know, thousands of iterations, but you just have to put in those those show you got to show yeah, up that thousand times over and over and over and over and, and mortifyingly over. over and until you're literally <sighs> bored of the content and yes. it doesn't matter you still have to keep going oh <laughs> because that's a part of the game and you gotta embrace that practice embrace like build something in your content that you love so much you'll never get bored. You'll come back to it. You'll just be so stoked to talk about it all the time. And and you might take a break from it, thing, but you'll come back to it. Getting in there and doing the thing, whatever the hell that thing is, puts you in a position to do that thing really well. And I'm and it's it's more than what you love. I mean, and I, I like just saying it made it click for me. Um, it's what you come back to. There are things that you do. You get into your groove and everything is going. Um, with the podcast, we were doing this. We got into a groove. And then something happens. Life happens. Kid gets sick. Something happens. Travel. Yeah. Like something happens to disrupt your groove. 
whatever said groove is. But it's not the fact that you were doing the thing and you stopped. It's that you come back to it. So I want us to, 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 to save some of this for later mm, okay. i want to do because yeah practical I mean, yeah. and also this ranty stuff what i want to get specific about practical this week with my kids was so cool san francisco ballet is doing um like the stern grove situation i i know mm. it's just like for me as somebody who lives in san francisco it's just a thing that that fucks up the muni trains on the weekends over summer <laughs> but that's my problem when i went there during the week with the children uh they were doing this like teaching them ballet and i i did ballet and i like, knew the moves some of them i knew most of the moves and i was doing it with them and they're doing um like the sugar plum fairies of like the nutcracker of cough of course it's not christmas it does not matter uh just that um that very basic lineage and this is the the part and the piece that the little ones always played and like i wasn't into dance when i was the small one enough to be the little sugar plum fairy part you know and it was so cute watching them and i loved doing it with them and like for the for the ballet portion of it both kids were there for it and probably largely because i was super there for the ballet portion of it um Sprague, a their friend was just not into the ballet at all and if i was not into the ballet i could easily see like, Sprague a just being like mm, no and i wasn't super here for their um makeup choreography for the little mermaid that they did meh. but Sprague b on the other hand all about they're, it they're the artistic one i am they're, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a future of so much theater. <clears throat> they're going to have a great time. Um, and they were super here for the under the sea portion. And I wasn't even really there for that. So it was, it was so neat. But what's important for the purposes of practice is for the day, like this is the first time they've ever had choreography. And watching them develop the the ability to pull it off mm -hmm. over the like five times that they did it and just five times and it's still like their ability improved dramatically and now i'm like oh this is super this is going to be really really beneficial to them and i want to get they have these white erase boards that you can do your practice writing with and i'm gonna just one a day yeah. if they don't want to do it i'm not going to make them do it but just as a Thing we do every single day and after the end of a year seeing how we've progressed so they can get a sense of what practice produces for them mm -hmm. in the terms of outcome um so making just a very conscious uh curriculum for them curating this real life experience of understanding how things build up over time when you choose to just embrace the suck and embrace the fact that you're just going to be terrible at first it doesn't matter and and in the larger brand thing i'm getting the sense that this idea of practice is going to become really important because not just for my kids but as bonus parent baba i am putting myself in the position of being like the supplemental parent 
Mm -hmm. And this is so important. This is something that kids don't get to learn because so many parents are just insecure and their children become an extension of that insecurity and it becomes about what that child can achieve so that it looks great for that pe- that parent in front of their friends <laughs> and it and it it's unfortunate for the child and i'm not judging that the, the, they're insecure they're having a hard time they don't understand i'm not mad at them but i have an opportunity to like they were taught the same problems from their parents right mm-hmm. so somebody needs to break that cycle and i'm trying to put myself in that position that means practice is going to become really important to me as a brand and i'm i'm paying a lot of attention to what i'm doing with my kids with this because this is going to be like i get the sense that this is going to be a really big deal mm, yeah so uh segment one we're going to come back with the numbers because, oh, God, I love the numbers. numbers. Uh, yeah, where's my freaking person? Right there. Oh, and we're back to my favorite part of the show. Uh, the the numbers. numbers. We have our best download of the day again from last week. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We have 30 downloads in a day. Hi, y'all. For Monday. And in the last, uh, I guess that's five weeks, we've had between 28 and 30 downloads come up four times. And that's awesome. Yeah. And we're still maintaining our average. And we, I am learning geography by watching the map light up. And uh, (laughs) just to demonstrate, I mean, I guess the sad nature of American education, I'm getting better uh, acquainted with which side of Asia, Korea, and uh, Vietnam are, which is a thing that conflates in my head the same way that like Oregon and Washington conflate (laughs) in my head. It's just, it's just Northern over there, (laughs) just somewhere on that continent. I don't understand. Uh, but I'm learning more. Thank you for listening and yeah. making me look at the little map. shape on the map. It's awesome. Um, we got South Africa showed up last week. Welcome. Hello. So this is awesome. This is all the things doing I want it, what I want it to do. Yeah. Um, and for this segment, I want to talk about generally the structure of social media that I am engaging with. So... We, we were talking about this a little bit earlier that mm-hmm. like I'm starting to spend more time on Twitter and getting used to paring down my words and just saying what exact, the exact thing that I need to say. Boil it down. And um, I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram and getting comfortable telling stories and even with little bullshit pictures, the ability to tell stories about that picture is quality content for the user on the end side of it like that is entertaining to like imagine children jumping around a yard um to whatever degree that's entertaining for folks uh, <laughs> and i i want to start um god i have to say this out loud it is hard i'm sorry i shouldn't be so hard on you um i want to uh develop <laughs> A practice of writing more long form and the medium for that 
meta is medium.com they have the uh the i don't need to you know develop the whole thing i just need medium to do the thing and then medium is the workshop space for linkedin and i have to start figuring out the linkedin stuff now that we have a couple years of practice i feel like i kind of have something for linkedin and it doesn't necessarily like everybody has an industry i'm just learning mine <laughs> uh, or relearning it rather it's still entertainment it's still putting on a show i'm still show running it's just you know the gears changed a little bit the uh the out the output to the audience that connection to the audience has changed dramatically yes and the need to get attention um learning how to do marketing has become really important and this is the way, way i'm doing it as i'm making create out of nothing spinning thin stories air. we are we, we've made a podcast we have a thing we're hanging out we're having a conversation we are promoting it across these platforms there is i'm realizing uh i'm conflating my use of tiktok and it needs to actually be like the the mini vlog bits need to be on snapchat and you know snapchat has you know more users they just put out their stuff they uh it's so funny the way tech works it's like they just put out an earnings thing uh-huh yeah and the good news is they didn't lose as much money as everybody thought they were gonna lose <laughs> it's so weird um but it's also important to understand that like the worst day of any company most people don't remember most people don't remember why we stopped loving snapchat you know other than you know TikTok became a thing, but it doesn't do the same thing. You're playing a different meme game on TikTok. And to focus that, to be able to be creative there, you're going to dilute that if you're vlogging with the cosplay. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay. There's different channels for different stuff. Right. Like my one's a unicorn action, which I love, is, is for TikTok. Mm -hmm. and the like the want for me and i and i have this want and i just haven't put the app in because i've oh god i have no more space on the phone <clears throat> the side effects of social media marketing is you lose all the hard drive space on your phone and i really wish i had paid for the higher capacity thing. it uh, was poor planning on my part but practice teaches you these lessons <laughs> and then you get to sit with your decisions for a while and just like marinate with it like oh yes i remember that uh, i'm gonna transfer some more pictures over now there we go okay um <laughs> so i think the the two big things for me next are going to be uh i want us to do twitch i think we're ready there was a part of me that was like afraid and i know that this speaks to a a, a perfectionism that we try to discourage but it's a sensitive conversation and I wasn't ready for us to do it live, but I think we can start to do that. And do a live. we do a really good job. Like the, like our breaks are like, you know, a pause for us to collect our thought and use the bathroom and use the bathroom. I think we, I, I think we're ready. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the kind of direction I want to do is just to sort of, I've, I've, I've figured out enough of this and I wanted to sort of fill out the ecosystem of social media with myself, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird to think about, but that's, 
the game and a part of what I'm trying to do, like there's a, there's a small win, big win, right? The small win is social media is real. And whether you want to play with it now or not, you're going to figure it out eventually. And if you don't want to figure it out, your kids are going to figure it out. And if you don't have kids, your nieces and nephews are going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter whoever in your family chooses to do this. And as someone with children, I feel like I am robbing my grandkids by not creating this content. Like I, it's whoever is going to be the person that goes all in on social media becomes like the family atriarch from that point into the future. The in the same way, whoever in, in my family, we have a family crest, like whoever did that had impact into the world for everybody that came after that for hundreds of years. And we're just kind of, it's the, that lineage is shifting where we look for that lineage is changing. And I feel like I'm leaving a legacy for my grandkids with this content. So it's not just about me existing in the world. It's about me documenting my existence in the world for my grandkids. And that's my like easy, total win-win. Like no matter if nothing, no dollar ever gets made from this. All I do is have a really expensive hobby that is not as expensive as flying planes. You know? <laughs> there's people you can't that, see me laughing over here. There's people that do deep sea diving and fly planes as a hobby. And that's a very expensive hobby. And if having a podcast and playing with social media is just a very expensive hobby for me to leave a legacy for my grandkids, I am pumped about that win. Now, the potential on the upside is I believe I have an ability to supplement parenting for people. And like that thing I was talking about where, where parents create their children and treat them like trophies, that has a lot of impact on a lot of people. And there are lessons that need to be taught that aren't being taught to kids. And as I'm raising my kids, I wanna learn a bunch of stuff to create a brand to supplement that. I'm, I'm gonna be your bonus parent, Baba. Uh, that's okay. the game. That's the reason that's my name is because you know, I can teach you how to use the camera. I can teach you how to do woodworking. I can teach you how to wash your ass. What do you need to know? <laughs> like if your parent wasn't there for you for whatever reason, it doesn't, we're not mad at them. But if you have questions and need information, I'm here for you. And I'm here to not judge you. And I'm also here to not be codependent with you because as a parent, I understand that my job ultimately is planned obsolescence. You will not need me the whole time. You will true. only need me for, in fact, a very short time. But a lot of people need that. And I want to be available for that. And in particular, there's a lot of people that actually do that. Oprah does that. Tony Robbins does that. But every single person that does that now does so on a gender binary that doesn't serve queer folks. Hello. And I can be the least of them. I don't need to be the biggest life coach. Right? I can just be the one that's accessible. That's a big market because Tony Robbins and Oprah are inaccessible in their gender silos mm. for a lot of people. 
And I want to be the bonus parent Baba to those kids that don't, that don't fit in those silos. So like, that's the big win. That's where you're headed. Right. If I can make myself into that, like big brand for good life information, that's the big win. So that's the game I'm basically playing on social media. And there's a, business model under that where I can coach folks socialized as women mm. on how these tools work, how to build your, you know, and it's, again, it fits into that parenting model. It's, these are all things that you should have never had to, you should have had these opportunities when there were no stakes, but now there's stakes and we just need to talk about that reality. Own horn tooting 101. Right. So it's still in that brand of parenting, both things. And so I'm trying to build something from that. Um, and that's why <laughs> I obsess on the numbers. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh so while you watch us expand, and you're going to be getting more into, like that was part of your getting off of Patreon, right? Is like... We're, uh, yeah, we're like getting realizing. out of that, you know, there's a lot of things that are just bullshit, but there's a lot of stuff that's value and we can share that with people, but we don't need to silo it. Yeah, that wall was feeling, mm. I felt like the dog on the chain, right at the end of the chain, just like barking, like there's all, all this stuff out there and I can't bridge the two and i'm held at the end of this chain it's just like oh um it's just and it's an advancing business model yeah i want to put more stuff out and putting it behind a wall is not the way to do it that's kind of where i am now um and it's frightening to actually sit with that and go mm, how is this gonna work and like, okay, I'm, I want to share information. I want to share it freely. So that whole having to navigate, okay, this is for these people and this is for these people and this is for the, I was burning a lot of cycles for that. A lot of them. Yeah. Um, and, and it keeps the work away from people that can use the work. So like yeah. what is the, what is the game? And yeah, I mean, that is the ultimate question. What is the game with this? It's putting, learning how to put myself, I can't put myself out there and put it behind a wall. I have to put myself out there. That's, mm -hmm. um, so on that, I, my, hi Elaine, my business coach, <laughs> uh, made me just pick a date. So I picked, what is it? Wednesday? Yesterday? No. Next uh, Wednesday. No, Wednesday, September 4th. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So we got a runway. Yeah. Wednesday, September 4th, uh, 6, wait, 6 to 7.30. Is there like a planned deceleration? What do you mean? Like to, uh, like, do you have a schedule of material that you would like to release to the existing folks or are you just no, like just I, picking a date and just letting it? I'm picking a day and I'm just sort of running with it. Like my job is to do a shitty event. 
So I'm going to do like, just make it happen. Practice having the event, ha practice creating something, stepping up in front of the people that I gather and creating that, giving them information and then figuring it out from there. But I can't figure it out until I actually have the, the thing, thing and step in front of the people. So that's okay. where I am. So yeah, I can't figure out what to fix without making the thing that needs fixing. So Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so get it. this is me making an event because I'm wanting to have classes. I'm wanting to talk to more than one person at, at a time. I'm wanting to talk to groups. This is a way to do that under my control. In theory, the trajectory for, like, if we do Twitch live here mm. with that. With that. That thing. We're gesturing at a camera. Or there's a camera. It's been in here the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and we could twitch until we can do a actual in-person people place thing. Mm. And also I want to talk to you. Uh, I want to set up like, I know you said only eight seats, but like, let's make sure we actually fill them. I can like, we can sell tickets or something or mm. it doesn't have to be for sale or whatever. Yeah. It could just be like show like up. A thing. But no, I picked the date. I, I actually got a room in San Francisco in the financial district for that time. And yeah, now, you can tell us, right? Oh, yeah. I can wait. To, do I have that? I don't know. It's <gasps> a battery or something. Uh, it's on Bush Street. Bush Street. It was oh, a B. Pretty, yeah. Pretty there. There's my reservation. It's 381 Bush Street, Suite 504, Wednesday, September 4th, from 6 to 7.30. Yeah. That is, so yeah. Um, and it's going to be a class. I'm going to get a sign-up sheet and registration all set up at some point. But it really was like, Elaine's like, pick a date. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? And she's like, pick a, like, pulls out the calendar, like, pick a date. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, she's really like, making me do this. <laughs> this is happening. So now I have all the physical things. So now I need to fill that time with what am I going to talk with people about what am I going to teach them and that is terrifying but it's practice mm -hmm. so that's where fun. yeah but I wouldn't I mean honestly I don't think I would have had the confidence to do this uh what a year ago two years ago I mean it's scary now but it's like all right I'm gonna put my head down and just like charge through this thing because it's gotta happen like I see the necessity for it it has to happen yeah. Um, whereas before, I would have been like, nope. Nope. Uh-oh. I think even having the break helped crystallize it. of just like, nope, this is still happening. Oh, this is really happening. Yeah. And it's it just like, after every long break, you my come back ease like, of coming oh, yeah. back, it feels so good. And each, each time coming back, <clears throat> after each time we come back that day, I'm like, mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That first one. Oh, yeah. This is kind of weird. But Editing then, like, is weird too. It's after coming cringy. back, it's like, oh yeah. This episode that's feels what the, amazing. Like, that's what this is for. Yeah. We and got that, this. Yeah. So, uh, 
Ready for Ranty? Yeah. Rantifesto on practice, which has basically been the whole episode, but still, we have We're bringing it home. Rantifesto time. Okay. Yeah. So practice. It's like chat to festo. It is kind of chat to Fesso today. It has basically been sort of the whole thing has been basically about practice. So in the example of, you know, practice and embracing the suck. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the only way out is through. through. You must put in the time. And even athletes that are incredibly talented will only reach a certain amount of like you can absolutely make it to a national team. You can make it to the Olympics with just raw talent and to not put in the time, but you're not going to make an actual lifestyle and a successful career out of your sport unless you put in the time. And I think the best example of this is like the one sport that is so blase they just like whatever like there wasn't really a championship for surfing like it was sort of there mm. but surfing like- as a culture is super chill yeah um until kelly slater happened and what was happening for kelly slater that like unless you just know too much about surfing which i do um <laughs> is that his friend died and he threw himself into his work and that's why he got so good. He just like, he was trying to deal with his friend's death and just surfed for years and like changed the culture of surfing because it was never that competitive. And now, whoo, it is. It is, I don't, I'm not. He had like a go for, he had to like just, a competitiveness where like surfers would never go for each other. There was always a kind of cooperativeness about it, Mm -hmm. but he would absolutely like try to screw other people up and like get in their heads and was playing an intimidation game that was just never a part of the sport before him. And he absolutely dominated the sport for, I think it was either seven or nine years before he retired. And there's, um, it's on HBO, I think. I'll add it to the show notes. There's a, a documentary about him and his friends. Like, that to me is like the best example of, you know, you can you can change a culture because now the standards are different. You can find an edge, you find something. Like, he was also remarkably good. He didn't actually have to be mean to people. He was like mm-hmm. the person who invented uh, aerials. So where you come off of the wave and do like a 180 and then come back onto the wave, like you're a skateboarder on a, you know, not moving ramp. But it just, it, 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 it revolutionized the sport that you could just, he was so aggressive on the waves because he had that confidence because all he did was surf. He never took breaks. Practice. And that is my starting with practice sort of thing of just like, um, I was listening to Gary Vee this week 
on podcast and he was talking to um i can't remember their names but these uh twin hockey players and like they know there are talented people that are just so good mm-hmm. but everybody else has to just put in the time always and if you're not really going to put in the time you're not going to do you, you don't have an opportunity necessarily you, you you could perhaps luck into a lottery ticket but that comes with so much insecurity you it's almost like practice is the place where again you create the thing that needs to be fixed yes you cannot fix the thing that doesn't exist you have to get out there and make the thing and have it be fucked up yeah and it like the thing that i talked about before with the neil gaiman lesson that i took the most from from that like master class situation that i got was that you learn so much by finishing the thing that you know is going to fail like there's just so much the delta for that learning is so good versus when you're not if you just begin it and then just let it sit there because you know you got nowhere to go so you just put it back down I have over and over and over again in this process, <laughs> ever since I saw that, just forced myself just swallow Power whatever through. shame I have about what I think about this or that or the other thing and just put the content out. And I really, I appreciate even the mediocre stuff. I just, cause then I can water it down to, there's always one piece. Whenever I'm active on social media, there can be a bunch of mediocrity. And that's okay. Nobody remembers the mediocrity but me. I remember it. <laughs> I remember every goddamn piece of it. No, but, pra- but practice is made to suck. It's made to fall apart. It's made to fail. Um, and then you see where the cracks are. You see where the shit's fucked up. And that's you'd be like, when you go back. This is... But there's... I mean, there's such an emphasis on uh media ready oh uh, yeah consumption ready everything's polished everything's presented everything's like just so and like right so curated yeah and practice by its very nature is messy it is imperfect and it's it's not curated it's not polished it's rough it's janky it's half done thing held together with duct tape and Bit and there's a thing and... that uh gary v says a document mm-hmm. just do documentation mm-hmm. don't create content just document yeah and that gives you enough practice to know with the just low level uh documentation stuff that you do through social media you sort of crystallize out what is getting enough attention to warrant more information and further engagement but that that's practice i mean it's not called practice because that i think there is an aversion to practice there's there's a fear of failing there's an absolute terror of in getting ready to give my speech one of the people in my networking group used to be in theater and one of the things he said was like you know professionals practice amateurs don't amateurs like have that aversion to 
seeing themselves as less than presentable. Um, and it's true. Um, they don't want to iterate. They want to come out and stick the landing as soon as they come out. And that no, that's not going to happen. There's always going to be something where even if you do stick the landing, you're going to be like, oh, but I want to change that. I want to I want to switch that up. I want to do that. Like even the talk that I gave this week, it it went well. It went well. But there are so many things that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. again, not because it's a quote unquote failure, but because it like it was practice, even though it was a standing up in front of everybody presentation, the act of standing up and giving myself the room is practice. Moment of spitball. Yes, please. All right. You're smart. <laughs> you say nice things. I can't say everything. Well, the whole thing with iteration actually working with clients um i try to like ease them up to the idea of iteration because then especially with organization there's this idea that organized is this uh pristine state that they're going to achieve and i have to get them to understand that no it's about a process and by its nature it's going to be not crystallized and not static so you're going to have to revisit it you're going to have to refine it i think refine is the word that i lean on pretty heavily um because you get this thing and you think oh like the talk i just gave and it's like oh i could i could tweak that oh i should have said that other thing that's refinement again that's part of practice and people think that when they organize something it it springs fully formed from their head, like what, Athena from Zeus's head or something like That's that. That's one of those gods. Like, yeah, one like, of those gods oh. did some brain springing. Yeah, like, young. no, that doesn't happen. No. Like, it was it, it's preposterous in mythology, and it's not, no. <laughs> I think the, the thing that it's like, it's totally ironic to me that media teaches us this polished fucking view and now what we're expected to do with social media is understand that to be unpolished is good. Like you're just like, wait, no, I've been trained since birth. I've been watching these videos. I know we're supposed to be beautiful and perfect. What? <laughs> now you want me to what? That I mean, it's just a disconnect. We've been trained for so long. It is. It is a huge disconnect. So like... That qualifies as ironic, right? I did that right? I think so. I think so. Okay, it's, cool. It's going to work today. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I need to read more stuff. But, but, the, but practice. Practice by its very nature is a place for mess. And structuring things in terms of practice, in terms of uh, iteration. Um, like, put your furniture in the living room one way. Well, what if I don't love it? Well, if you don't like it, you'll move, move it. it. What? I can do that. Yes, it's called it's like, yeah, that's a thing. I know. I, I, iteration. My spouse is so confused about this that this is a part of my nature. Like, we will totally. Once things are in place, it takes about between three and six months, and I'm gonna be like, I, I actually need to move all the furniture around now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "What the fuck for?" I'm like, well, because it's it's when in moving in the space, I can tell that, you know, this 
there's be dead more space efficient over here. <laughs> if we have it it's just a, a flow the, this way it just um like when we walk into the room this happens and so i want it to you know it, it functionally when you're using it it just it, it would be better if we move every single piece of furniture to the opposite side of the room ready go bet she loves that she doesn't <laughs> no uh but, but yeah there's a way that um it it meets in with like i always root for the underdog until they start to win mm. and then i switch sides because it's just a more interesting story more interesting to listen arc. and engage with and you can it's it's just more fun like they have more to win even if i never get on officially on a winning side you know that that is always how i've engaged in sports and i think and i think that that's a good reason why i've i have not shied away from that sloppiness mm. also okay. it really it really helps like being a technician i got so much practice in huge spaces with no people so practice is just part I, of the process a, a pr yeah practice and getting in front of a microphone getting in front of a camera so that you know that it's set up properly you know yeah like knowing that the knowing how all this stuff works you you have to do it to make it go so i got i got you a lot of time test and all that sort of thing i like like i keep coming back around to the thought that this whole aversion to practice and like wanting it's tied into the whole thing with perfectionism where people want that that pristine state to spring fully formed from their heart or from their head or into their lives and just like or boom, even that's the... it this is what it's going to be forever and ever and it doesn't take into account anything like life or even their own personal growth or changing preferences or changing schedules like there's also like the keeping up with the joneses part of it where like oh, yeah. you see your peers and you compare yourself to them and if you're not coming from a pace of security and you're thinking that all of those things that are presented the bmw and the house and the kids and the well-behaved you know whatever situation that looks like on social media for folks like if that really gets to you of course you're not going to be able to be there for the practice and the part that you suck because that's really what it is for if you can't be here for the part where you suck you're going to have a hard time yeah because sucking is a big part of the game you just suck for a while you just you suck a lot winning is a very small <laughs> part of the game it's just such a tiny part of the game the winning part you just mostly you just really suck and keep going that's kind of what it comes down to but i mean like practice is is artful sucking artful it, yes it, intentional it, and artful being terrible yeah but the practice coming back to it and like i think i, I mentioned earlier like practice isn't this thing that you get psyched up about practice is this thing that you come back to you just do no matter what you're going to come back to it uh what's his butt that you talked about before with the surfing like he came back to surfing in order to manage his feelings um like yeah dealing with a lot of like coming back to um, like i just drew a blank but coming back to singing like choir rehearsal like oh yeah like that sort of like oh 
okay, I come back to this. You walk or a away. language yeah. or an instrument. Any of it. Like that those pra- that coming back to it, that drip like that's uh tide, that's what I'm thinking. Like the ebb and the flow. You come into it, ah. you come out. And it's this sort of engagement and disengagement. Giving yourself the space to kinda of go, mm, and think about it some. And then come back to it. Yeah. Like that that gap is Oh, that gap is so refreshing. It's useful. It's I'm pumped valuable. to be here right now. But like that that process is a process. It's not it's not a static state. No, and, it's not an end state. No. And uh it's kind of like trying to get people to wrap their heads around process versus static state. It's the journey. It's the journey, y'all. Come on. So I think that's that's good. I think we're good. Yeah. Well, thank you. That? Um, yeah. You can find me at Bonus Parent Baba, um, basically all over the internet, but primarily I am <laughs> found on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Yeah. Uh, likewise with the Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, I am C King Solutions. That is the letter C K I N G, like my name, Solutions. <laughs> and uh, if you have any feedback, or any questions, you can email us at uh, kindnessecon at gmail.com or the kindnessecon.com website. Which I've been putting everywhere. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Please take excellent care of yourself and your family and community and the people around you. Everyone. I will see you in the future.